Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast, coming to you in the direct aftermath of Italy 2, Northern Ireland 0, in our first World Cup qualifier for the Qatar 2022 World Cup. Uh, my name's Andy Bell, and to discuss this with me tonight, I have, first of all, uh, Dave Dunning. Dave, split loyalties in your family tonight, one half happy, the half that's on here unhappy. How are you? Nah, not really. I think everybody's probably unhappy. But I think... There's reasons. There's reasons to be pleased as well. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm feeling a bit more glass half full tonight than I thought I might. Yeah, reasons to be cheerful indeed. And uh, the masochists among our listenership will uh, know Craig Hannon if they tuned into the post Slovakia uh, podcast. If they put themselves <laughs> through that, uh, back on tonight, probably going to be slightly happier and slightly better mood. Craig, how are you? Good to have you on. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, two defeats from two so far on this podcast. Uh, I don't know what that says, but um, no, I, I, you know, I think Dave's right. I think there's a bit more to be cheerful about than than what I was thinking would be at, uh, in 45 minutes. I think we, uh, I was, I was a bit worried about what we were going to talk, be talking about, and it being as downbeat as the the Slovakia game, Andy. But um, yeah, I think the the second half has given us some reasons to be a bit happier. Yeah, it looked like it was going to be uh, as downbeat as the Slovakia podcast with significantly less buckfast. Um, but <laughs> Dave, um, yeah, I, th- I, I, I do agree with you. I agree with you both. I think there are reasons to be happy from tonight. Um, second half, I mean, I know Italy have kind of, you know, the damage is done by that point. I don't think they ever really looked like they were uh, in danger of not winning that game. Uh, but second half, that's a Northern Ireland team who, albeit has lost 2-0, uh, it's gone there, it's pressed, it's been positive. You know, at points in that second half, Bailey Peacock Farrell's picking up the ball and we were trying to counter. It was it was really encouraging to see a Northern Ireland side trying to play that football. Uh, and albeit the result hasn't come through to us through for us tonight. Um there's 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 definitely calls for optimism for the rest of this campaign. Yeah, second half we looked like actually like a really good football team, which was great. It reminded me a bit of when we when we went out to Holland in the last campaign. Um, or the Netherlands, sorry, as I should say, and and were quite adventurous in our pressing and, and picked and chose our moments when to go and apply pressure and made them really uncomfortable. And we created, you know, at least two chances from that where you should really stick the ball in the net. Um, I'm not sure how much of a difference the substitution made or whatever tweaks he made at half time, but uh, yeah, at least two 0 up. But I I think. I think it's more than that. I think we'll have to give, give ourselves a bit of credit that we come out and we were positive and I think more than anything else, we were resilient. We didn't let our heads drop, especially after a really soft second goal that concedes, you know, not long before half time. So I thought it was really encouraging. Some good performances out there. Steve Davis just continues to look like the best player in the pitch, no matter who he's playing with or who he's playing against. Absolutely Incredible tonight, just a joy to watch. Um, Smith does well, um, kind of drafted in sort of last minute. Um, and yeah, this the back three are bar the first goal. Um, the back three are all good, so yeah, it's pr- pretty happy with that to be honest. Yeah, happy with that indeed, Craig. And you know, it's uh, it's Northern Ireland team. The best way I can kind of describe that performance is. Um, it's another Ireland team that's very good in between both boxes, um, but pretty dreadful in either box. Um, 
you know, the only time really in my lifetime uh, I've seen Northern Ireland be brilliant in both boxes is the Euro 2016 qualifica- uh, qualification campaign when Kyle Lafferty just uh, just turned into an absolute monster for a couple of years for us. And, and we always kind of had that defensive solidity under Michael O'Neill, uh, even kind of in the in the last four or five years as well. And uh, you look at it now and we still don't really have that goal scorer. And a lot of people are, are talking about Dion Charles as potentially somebody who can do that. He's, he's only 25 it looks like Brentford are having a look at him, but we're always pinning our hopes on these uh, uh, on these kinds of players rather than having a, a kneeled on goal scorer. And uh, don't get me wrong, I think the front two do well tonight. McGuinness and White um, link up well, 40 yards from goal, but that's the key to it. It's 40 yards from goal. And at the back, we don't really have that same solidity. You can't rely on us to to not create those, to, uh, to not let other teams create those chances and uh, and prevent the goals and get the clean sheets that we had under Mike Lownady. But but in between both boxes, you look at the likes of Davis, McCann, uh, Paddy McNair, Johnny Evans playing it out from the back. We're very, very tidy. Um, and it's a good it's a good Northern Ireland team to watch still, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I think I think whenever you watch the second half, you, you that's the one thing it's it's screaming out for. It's screaming out for someone that um, you know, will take those chances and and, and um and and is that threat that you can like that body that you can rely on in, in those moments to take those chances we had it in the past with Healy we had it in in that in that 2016 campaign with with Lafferty and um I think you know McGuinness away from home I think you know you you think back you mentioned the the Holland game at times he's he's been effective in that you know what you're going to get from him and and what you're going to get from away from home is he's going to there's going to be a bit of hold up play or he's going to be nodding the ball on and even when he's nodding the ball on there there isn't really anyone close enough around him to to, to get on the back of it I mean it says it all whenever I'm quite excited about uh, about Sheen Laverty coming on and you know he's a he's a he's he's a young sort of promising player but he's still an Irish league footballer and it, uh, coming up against uh, coming up against Italy and um, I think I think that. The first half we were, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we were we were we were that bad defensively. First half, I think the second goal is so soft, and I think that's the the most disappointing aspect of this. Especially whenever you watch the second half, in that, um, you know, you you, you feel as if 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 Northern Ireland had been able to 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 hold on in there, um, get to one nil, uh, get to half time with one nil, that that there was something to sort of play for, and there was you know there was there was it it wasn't that far off, and even though we were brilliant in the second half, I think that Italy sort of it suited Italy a little bit as well to take their foot off the gas. It suited them to sort of they probably thought well, we'll just soak up pressure for a bit, and they probably didn't expect the performance that we saw from Northern Ireland because I don't think any of us did. Um, haven't watched the first half, but that's the most infuriating sort of thing about it all is the is the is the second goal really, and and the keepers should definitely do better. But yeah, no, I think you're right in terms of the positives. Centre midfield like Alim Khan, that's a massive sort of step up for him, um, and and I don't think he did too too badly i thought you know you shot you saw little glimpses of uh of what you'll maybe be able to be able to offer um sort of in the near future and and in, and and further beyond that and and obviously stephen davis look never retire stephen davis if you're listening to this <laughs> because he which he's not no <laughs> don't play <laughs> um because he was he was brilliant in that second half like some of the some of the um the football from from Northern Ireland midfield was was excellent. Little tight spaces, um, even things like playing out from the back, they were able to sort of trust and rely on um, Stephen Davis to to take the ball in tight areas and then and then almost to be the trigger to the attack. And and that was something that 
you can hang your hat on. I think that the second half is definitely something that this Northern Ireland team can hopefully um, build on and, and look to as a platform. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And and Dave Craig mentions the midfield there and and, and mentions McCann and, and Davis in particular. And I thought they were both fantastic tonight. And more and more when I watch Northern Ireland midfields, even in defeats in, in the Nations League, I see midfield players coming through for us, which have, have so much technical quality. Uh, Davis McCann played tonight. I, th- I think Corey Evans probably doesn't have his best game, uh, but he's still coming back from an injury. So, um, you know, I'm not going to be too quick to write him off in this in this Ian Barraclough Northern Ireland side. But you look at players who came on, like like Thompson and uh, and Savile as well. I mean, Savile just seems to be lacking so much confidence in the Northern Ireland shirt right now. But he's a good technical player. And like Galbraith's 19, McCallum's 20. These This will probably be a, a campaign too early for those two. But... There's so much. There's so much to be encouraged about with that midfield, and you know we were we were talking in the in the preview podcast and discussing who would potentially play midfield with Davis and McNair as we thought it would be, but we have four or five options to choose from, which is just unheard of. And all playing club football, all playing you know regularly, doing quite well. Um, I guess my question is like going forward, even even thinking towards the Bulgaria game, which we will come on to talk about a little bit more. Would you stick with that midfield? I mean, I'm sure there's probably an argument to take Corey Evans out, and not not just because of his performance tonight, but also because you know we're expected to have a bit more of the ball against Bulgaria. The onus is probably going to be on us to create things and uh, and and find that way through and and break the break the lines between the defence and attack. So, how do you kind of see the midfield for the future? Um, and were you as encouraged by it tonight as as Craig and I were? Yeah, the the midfield. Performed really well. I think when you're talking about, you know, you throw those names out, and, and you're you're absolutely right. They are more technical players than, let's say, Corey Evans, for example. But I think that really suits Steve Davison. You can really get the best out of him when you've got boys like that in beside him that are willing to take the ball and he trusts to have the ball that he can link the play in the middle of the park with. And you get that as well um, into Davis from Evans and um, and McNair at the back tonight. And Cathcart actually decided he was going to waltz around a couple of players at one point as well, which was which was fun. So, so yeah, it's. I don't see why I don't see why you would change it. Um, I think it was difficult for McCann tonight. Um, I think he did well. I think he worked hard. Um, he didn't really have a lot of the ball and couldn't really affect affect the play probably as much as he can. At, well, certainly as much as he can at club level, but. You know, a bit, a bit horses for courses. I think Evans, whether he would be fit or not, you probably would pull him out um, for the next game. And Savile does okay when he comes on. I think, I think he looks a lot better than he has. I think he, again, you're right. He wants the ball. Um, he likes to move it quick. He likes to move it short. And we're able to move through the midfield. Um, and when you don't have, <laughs> when you don't have, as you were talking about. A guy up front that's really going to make it stick, and, and two boys that are, are clinical and can link together. Then you really have to be able to progress the ball through the phases and through the middle of the park in order to, to get anywhere near the opposition box. So um, it makes sense for me to go that way, and I would hope to see it. Yeah, I was a big fan of uh, George Savile sticking the elbow into Benucci before he even touched the ball. Um, I was really worried that was going to be a red card. But uh, but Craig, to, look, um, talking about the the kind of start of the game, the first half. Uh, I think first ten minutes were really good, actually, arguably the better side. And um, you know, White uh, takes on the the right back at one point, Ferenzi, and 
we have a couple of corners, we have a couple of decent spells, we're looking tidy. Uh, and then the first goal, I mean, I personally think Beacock Farrell can do a little bit better for it. I think Berardi picks up the ball just inside his box. I know we talked about it in the pre-pod and you guys think I'm being a little bit harsh, but I'm certainly not being too harsh when I say the, the second goal was poor from Peacock Farrell. And it's the second time in two games, well, in the two big games that, uh, that we've had, Slovakia and tonight, where Peacock Farrell has been beaten at the near post. And, and my thing with Peacock Farrell is, you know, obviously he's not playing uh, at all at Burnley. Uh, he's getting the old cup game here and there. And, you know, fitness-wise, it's not an issue because he's a goalkeeper. He doesn't have to leg it about the place. But in terms of match sharpness, I, I, I thought you, you saw that maybe a little bit in the first goal tonight. And he looked a little bit shaky with the ball at his feet, which uh, which we're not really used to seeing from Peacock Farrell. But when he's not stopping the shots either, and he does make a couple of decent saves, but when he's he's at fault for, for actual shots that lead to goals as well, there's a bit of a worry that it's it's going to become a problem for us. And I don't really see what the solution is, given that, you know, Connor Hazard, he's, he's come into the Celtic side, he's done well for a couple of games. McGovern and Carson are getting a little bit long in the tooth, might be better short-term solutions, who knows? But is it a concern for you, or, or do you think he's got enough credit in the bank for his performances against the likes of Germany, Holland and, and Bosnia, etc.? Um, I mean, after sort of, I think he's almost at 20 appearances now from Northern Ireland, and I don't think, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how good or how bad he is. Like, I have no idea. Um, and that's because it sort of it changes game by game. It changes even sort of two or three times within a game. Whenever you're watching tonight, and obviously the second goes in, that's so disappointing given the way Northern Ireland play in the second half. But um, then he ma- he's able to make himself big sort of towards the end of the first half, and, uh, and makes a really good save. And I think there's another one in the in in, in the second half as well. Um, I mean, he's 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 undoubtedly a footballer. He's young. He's young in terms of uh, in terms of a goalkeeper. I think he's only sort of twenty four. So he's got, you know, I'd I'd much rather sort of persevere with him and 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 give him the the benefit of the doubt. Um, but at some stage, he is probably going to have to play some football. You know, he's yeah. he's he, he's he, I think he's played sort of twice in the past two years, which is which is not really any good for anyone. And I know what you're saying about um about fitness wise, but it's more for his own progression. Yeah, and it's not it's not even as if like you know Nick Pope's a couple of years away from retirement and he's kind of going to be the natural successor. Nick Pope's <laughs> yeah. still in his his late twenties and is is one of the better goalkeepers in the Premier League. So I just don't understand that move at all from his point I, of view. I'd much rather him be playing for um, a Championship side that are getting peppered with shots on goal every every yeah. game, um, and and I'm having to deal with that than than to be sat on the on the Burnley bench. And that's because you know. He's gonna he's gonna be needed to to make big saves for Northern Ireland and and it's not gonna be one of those where, um you know it the, the it's it's one or two a game it's probably more than likely gonna be more than that given the way we've we've sort of seen our our defence um over the past sort of five games so um you know I'd much rather I'm getting that football but you know I'm 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 more than happy to sort of persevere with him and I don't you know that isn't even based on sort of credit in the bank from the uh, from the penalty saves against Bosnia it's I think. I think it's 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 based on the the team performances and 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 I think that we you do give them sort of this 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 campaign because like you say I mean Hazard I mean I still haven't seen enough of him and I'd much rather be one of the younger lads than um than to, to change things but certainly certainly for that second goal it's really really disappointing the manner of it and that it's exactly the same as you say it's exactly the same as the Lisovakia one and um and 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 if Liverpool get, Liverpool if Northern Ireland get into um half time with um you know ha- having only been one nil down and then they come out the way they did 
you know, you've got a real game in your hands there. Yeah, definitely. I was saying at half time, kind of just get the 78 0 nil. You've got five substitutes. You've got the likes of Lavery, Lafferty. You've the option to move Paddy McNair into midfield and, and to concede that second goal was so frustrating. And I completely agree with what you're saying there, Craig, about the, the young keepers as well. Like you look at Peacock Farrell at 24 and, you know, Dave, yourself and I have all kind of expressed our doubts as to whether he's the, the Northern Ireland keeper for the next 10 years. You know what I mean? But what certainly isn't the, the solution is a 36-year-old Michael McGovern or a, or a 34, whatever he is, Trevor Carson. So, yeah, I think we'll have to persevere with it and, and, and just see where it goes and, and hope that, you know, if it, if it does go kind of pear-shaped for him in his career, that one of Hazard or Hughes or Gartside, whoever it is, steps up and uh, and can become that 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 Mike Taylor figure for us or, or Roy Carroll in his latter years. And, and Dave, just to talk about the, the second goal, obviously um, we've talked a bit about Peacock Farrell's role in it. Is there any blame on kind of the, the setup and the, the tactics as well? I mean, we are kind of caught on the break. Uh, and yes, you're absolutely right. Craig Cathcart does do quite well to uh, to kind of shoehorn him out wide and, uh, and force the... Uh, well, forcing my wife with a shot, but you know we were caught three on three on three, three on four a couple of times uh, in that first half, and we didn't really need to be. Is there a worry uh, a little bit about the naivety of this side compared to you know the days of of, of five six years ago, where Michael O'Neill really was the ultimate pragmatist? He would never ever have seen us caught like that away from home at one nil. Maybe later on, don't get me wrong, uh, but not at one nil in the first half and. That was the thing that frustrated me the most on so many levels about it. I felt it was a really naive goal to concede. Um, and, you know, when you're not brilliant in both boxes and when you are a little bit naive, it's very difficult to qualify for major tournaments. Yeah, that's that's true. We, we need to be solid at the fact that that's the platform that O'Neill built from um, and that's where our success came from. The goal, I think there's two ways to look at it. Um, we nearly get caught in, in the first few minutes, I think, in a really similar situation um, where we get caught up the pitch and it's maybe, I think it's maybe three on two and they make a bit of a mess of it. Um, but Evans decides to take a step in the midfield and then he decides to take a step into the final third and he, he plays the ball wide. And, you know, Smith's an opportunity to put a good ball in there and have a look afterwards. When he crosses the ball, there's five Northern Ireland players in the box. And the only place you don't want the, the ball to end up is in the goalkeeper's hands. <laughs> Do you know? That's, that's it. Or, or George Savile's feet. Well, he's not even on the pitch at that stage, you know. <laughs> but, you know, he could... He, and I think the delivery all night was poor. Um, set pieces and otherwise. Um, and we can talk about having a goal scorer, and that's absolutely a valid point. But there isn't even any point having a goal scorer if the delivery into the penalty area is, is going to be of the quality that we saw this season, which was the disappointing thing. So, you know, Smith decides he's going to play a wee floaty, chippy pass, uh, cross into the box when Chiellini and Benucci are standing there. and It just gets chested back casually to the goalkeeper. Because it's nowhere near any of the five. And then it's just bowled out. And then it's two passes. And and Peacock Farrell decides to, you know, become invisible. So, yeah, there's loads and loads of things wrong with that. But I'm not sure how I'm not sure how happy Barraclough will be about any of what I've talked about. I'm not sure how happy he'll be about Johnny Evans deciding to do his best Franz Beckenbauer impression. Um, and... <laughs> 
just stay there. So, you know, is it tactical? Probably not. I think aside from that, we got caught on the break once, really, and I thought we defended really well. They don't really, after the first 15 minutes, they don't really have a clear-cut chance other than the goal. So I think structurally, I think we were pretty good. Um, so I can't, you know, I, I get it. It's a really frustrating goal to concede, and everything you say is correct, especially given the second half, the timing of the goal, um, the chances that we ended up having. But I don't think it's a systematic thing. I think it's just one of those things, and Johnny Evans will probably say, I prop maybe best against the likes of Italy. I don't do that again. Yeah, we've all kind of done that on five-a-side when it's your turn to play at the back and you kind of venture into midfield and just stay there and hope nobody notices. <laughs> um, Craig, I want to finish on a, on a slightly... Um, well, we'll finish this part of the podcast anyway. We'll do we'll do a few comments. We'll talk about the next couple of games as well before we actually go. But um, you mentioned, obviously, Steve Davis never retire. And I want to do a bit on Steve Davis. I mean, I was going to do a, a slightly bigger feature um, the next game he plays, which will obviously mean he, he outright breaks the record for most international caps for a British player. And he equals it tonight with 125, which is an incredible achievement in itself. But the reason I want to talk about him tonight is because of his performance. And, uh, you know, I put up a... Uh, a poll on the Twitter there uh, about an hour ago, eight minutes left, so uh, results still to come in. Don't stop the count, but I say, who's Northern Ireland's best player there? 61% say Steve Davis, 31% say Michael Smith, actually. Uh, 6% say McNair, 1% say McGuinness. And he was just, he was just so classy tonight. And I've watched a little bit of Rangers this season, and he's so classy for them as well. And there seems to be a bit of a narrative going through the Northern Irish media and the Northern Irish fans as well that kind of, Steve Davis getting older and you know he probably won't do another campaign after this if he does and you know absolutely incredible because I, I still think he's playing at that level but he's got young kids he's given 16 17 years of service to Northern Ireland but Dave's right he needs legs around him you know and, and he does have legs around him now he's Corey Evans who's who's so energetic and can almost play two positions he's that uh, he's that he's got that kind of work ethic and hard work and and Ali McCann kind of does the same but Davis's performance on the ball, his quality on the ball, even that pass to pick out Paddy McNair, uh, where he did his best George Savile impression towards the end. It was, it was just such a moment of quality. And like I'm saying about the narrative, people say he's, he's not as good as he was two, three years ago. And I, I'm just not sure that's true. I think this Steve Davis we're seeing is as good as we've ever seen. Um, and it, if he can keep it up for a couple of years, then it's, it's, it's such a benefit to Northern Ireland. I just think at times... There have been Northern Ireland players who have been more consistent or have been more um, you know, explosive than them. For example, Lafferty for two years, Healy for a few years as well. But over the course of what, 17 years is it now? The level of consistency of performance that guy's put in, for me, he's absolutely the greatest Northern Irish player of my lifetime. Yeah, he's probably the he's probably the most important Northern Ireland player of of um or certainly one of the most important in our history. And I think um, when you look at the performance tonight, yes, he does need legs, but he's one of those footballers that has the ability to to elevate those around him. Um, and you know, you you saw obviously I mentioned earlier the uh, the ability to take the ball in in those tight spaces, even sort of deep into his own half, and 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 the trust that they have in Steve Davis. And I think trust is a massive thing there. That not only is he the captain, but he's the like he's the vulcrum of 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 everything good uh, that comes from Northern Ireland in, in an attacking sense and um, you know when he does hang up his boots he'll be a he'll be a massive massive loss honestly I you know I don't even want to think about it um, 
he's just he's just been so important and you think of so many of the um of the great nights that that we've had within this sort of generation and um and and Stephen Davis is right at the center of that and look he has he still has so much more to offer like you say that's that's a good that's against a, a strong Italian side there's Verratti in the center midfield who in the first half looked looked excellent um but second half it's 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 Stephen Davis's football match really um and you know if 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 he had those players uh, in front of him who um, you know, we're a bit more clinical and who we could rely on to to stick the ball in the back of the net, then, you know, suddenly you're looking at, you know, you, you, obviously Stephen Davis walks off as man of the match, but you can, you, you know that he is the, he's almost, he's the fuse for, for it, isn't it? He's the, you know, I, I'm thinking even the, the McNair chance that we sort of took the piss out of earlier. Um, that comes about because Steve Davis gets his gets his his body in front of the defender in such a, an intelligent way. So he knows he either has to foul him or he has to get to him. It's just sheer intelligence. Everything he does is class and it's intelligence. And um, and you know, I, I honestly I'll eulogise over him all night because he's he's one of my favourite footballers of all time. I'm sure, it's the same for you guys. And um, you know, we will be sadly missed when he's gone. But like we say, he's got loads to offer in this campaign. And and seemingly he's one of those footballers that just just absolutely loves playing for for North Ireland and and will do so until it's physically possible that he can't anymore. Yeah, Ahmed Hassan of Egypt um, is the is the most capped international player of all time with 184. So he's just 60 more to go. <laughs> uh, World Cup <laughs> World Cup 2030 qualifiers. He's just about get there, and he, he'll probably still be our best midfielder. And and Dave, I think that's the points Craig makes there about um, uh, he has just been the most the most influential, most important player in our. Yeah, well, certainly in our lifetimes anyway. And, uh, you know, I didn't live through the days of Armstrong, Jennings, et cetera, et cetera, Whiteside and Bess. But you know, for me, I just... Neither did I, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> he was alluding to that there, wasn't he? I know oh, he was I know what he was doing. I was building it up. Yeah, I was caught in the tracks, but... Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm sure you enjoyed uh, Cregan going on about Chiesa's da as well. But, yeah, that's maybe for another podcast. Um yeah, Davis is he's incredible, but the balance, as Craig says, you do need to have that balance. But I feel like um, at times in recent years, you know, for example, I think in the in the Slovakia game at home, we kind of looked to him to be the creative spark from midfield, and he's not going to be that that third midfield man that that's kind of so important in the game now, and and neither is he going to be that kind of stopper number six. You have to ask him to do like a, a what he does best and play to his strengths, especially at his age, but. I mean, what a footballer tonight! It was just, it was, it was a joy to watch right the way through. Even in the first half, uh, when we sort of said the performance wasn't as good, I thought he was fantastic. And uh, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with Craig. I hope he, I hope he plays on for as long as he can because he's, he looks like one of those players who's, who's not going to be affected by age. Kind of like Perlo, he's just got that technical quality and he, he knows his strengths and weaknesses down to a T. Yeah, uh, what a servant! You know, you, you might, you, people might forget that. You know, I'm I'm 99.9% sure it's it's Steve Davis that clips the ball through to, to David Healy to score against England, and that's what yeah, like 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's 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 been in the he's been there in the darkest darkest days, you know, the the Worthington days, etc. Um, and he's been there for for all the highs, but. It's funny he went through, he went through a few years where he wasn't really playing club football, didn't he? And Maybe that's where people suggested his form might have dropped off, but maybe that just gives us an extra couple of years out of him, which is great. And I think tonight, 
you know, we're seeing the benefit probably of him playing first team football regularly, week in, week out. And and we're we're profiting from that, which is fantastic. And yeah, he's just a class act. He's just a little metronome there, and and the way we can move the ball about him that suits him. That suits him. It's it's all you you you're really watching that team play in the second half and thinking that team's actually built around him and how we are how we've decided to play is based on him and his ability, um, which is totally fine by me if that's the case. So yeah. Just yeah, you know what? What more can you say about him? There's a there's a really good podcast. Um, Stephen Gerrard's on, and it's I think it's called the High Performance Podcast. Um, and they're talking to Gerrard about him as a manager and about him as a him as a player and him as a leader. Uh, and he starts to talk about um being manager at Rangers and there's some footballers that he needs to coach and there's some footballers that he needs to manage closely and there's others that he just leaves to be. And he and he name checks Stephen Davis. He says he, Stephen Davis just doesn't need managed. He comes in at the right time, he eats the right things, he trains the right way, and he goes home. And he says he's like a leader within the dressing room and that he's the He's the, the the one that all the young players look to is like that's what you need to do to 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 be at this level to stay at this level and you know I think that's that's as well that's where Norland are, are sort of um you know we're reaping the rewards of of Stephen Davis looking after himself um as a, as a footballer and the way he has sort of trained as a professional I think that's where you see a thirty six year old and that's why I sort of there's a part of me that just thinks he might just play until he retires like he might even retire at Rangers before he retires for us at this at this rate. <laughs> Um, but you know it's you he's know, retired I, from club football. <laughs> yeah, 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 we just wheel him out at Windsor. Um, but I think I think that you know it's um, I, I I it almost feels as if um, you know we're lucky to see him at this stage. I I you know even after the Euros, I thought there might be is there is there a chance that maybe Davis decides that you know he wants to you know that playing weekend week out club football is more important the time spent with his family during international breaks all that sort of thing but obviously you know it's meant much more to him than that and um but here we go another campaign with him 36 years old and 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 he just he's still lighting it up yeah absolutely i'm gonna go through a few uh facebook and twitter comments dead quick there are absolutely loads by the way so thanks everyone for getting involved but um apologies obviously i'm not going to get through uh, the vast majority of them ewan glass says feel like Peacock Farrells are Rick every other game and they're costing us. Uh, but when you're the better side in a half of football against Italy, there's loads to be optimistic about. Uh, absolutely spot on. Philip Laurie said, excellent performance. Pity about the soft second goal uh, and some missed chances, but our general shape and passing game was very good. Seriously impressive performances from Smith, White and obviously Davis. Yeah, a lot of Davis loves coming through the comments here as well. Um, trying to find one which isn't that long. Uh, Stuart Neely says, second half were a great held our own in the first half. Italy really good in the counter. Peacock Farrell at fault for both goals. Yeah, as I, as I was saying for the first one as well, I think he I think he should be coming out for that one. And we had our chances, but couldn't put them away. I think we we could do them at Windsor. I'd say second is between up and, us and Cheatsurland, he says. Um, all right, let's have a look. Alistair Donaghy says, really good second half. Lots of positives to take from tonight. I'll just go on to the Facebook deck quick here. Lauren Calm. Happy with it, uh, given the chances missed, but it's frustrating with Peacock Farrell mistakes and he needs proper game time every week. Yeah, there's a um, there's a, a definitely a theme coming through here. Thomas McCogan says, good performance overall, but frustrating. Is Dion Charles injured? Don't understand otherwise. Uh, Bulgaria is a huge game for various different reasons now. Uh, Bulgaria is a game and O'Neill knowing the Ireland team would win. Yeah, absolutely spot on. They're in poor form. Uh, will be a big indication as to whether we can put up a fair fight for qualification. Uh, but we need to try something different going forward. And for me, Charles is worth throwing in the deep end. And 
And David, let's talk about the Bulgaria game because uh, Thomas is absolutely right there. It's a game we win under Michael O'Neill. It's a game we probably win 2-0. Uh, it's a game we turn up and we get the job done. Uh, Ian Barraclough hasn't won a game in 90 minutes yet. Um, and it's, uh, it's a huge concern if we don't beat them because I watched that game at uh, Bulgaria against Switzerland today and they weren't very good at all. Um, how are you feeling for this one on Wednesday night? Um, 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 let me see. I, I worry a wee bit about us at home at the minute, which might sound mental. Um, yeah. But I don't know what it is. We just look way too porous and way too open. Um, if we see something like tonight, then then great. Um, I think we'll be okay. Um, I think there's loads of encouragement to be to be gained from that and not just for, for supporters but for the players as well so hopefully they'll go, go into the game feeling good about themselves and you would expect that the Bulgaria side will not be getting into that game feeling particularly good about themselves um, so yeah I think look everything everything you have said is, is spot on um, if we can be a bit better at, at, in both boxes um, then absolutely fine I think we'll be grand um, I, 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 I think White I presume you'll go White and McGuinness again. So, you know... You don't think he might go Boyce if he's fit, Dave? I don't think so. I, I, I don't mm. think so. I think I think White and McGuinness did well. And I, I'd be interested to see... I think you'll see a different performance from them when we maybe have a fair bit more possession in the opposition box um, and we can get players closer to them. Um, so... Yeah, I thought White was actually lively. I was surprised when he came off. I think he did really well. Um, he ran the channels well. He can beat a man. There's, there's not a lot of boys you can say say that about on our side. Um, and, you know, he, he gets a couple of sharp shots off. He, he nearly steals in and, and scores. So I think probably he's earned He's earned another start, to be honest. I think I think. Yeah, that- not... I think it's a huge, Sorry, huge game. No, I, I was just going to say, I think it's a huge game. Like, in terms of, I mean, not only qualification, but um, just having, for Baraclough to have a bit of a story to tell, because I think I think something that O'Neill spoke about um, when he when he first joined, obviously he has the difficult first campaign, but, um, you know, he, he, he spoke to about, um, you know, Bringing, getting the players together and getting the players to 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 want to be together and join the national squad and and for it to be a group that that wanted to play together and and that they had a bit of purpose about them because it felt like the Northern Ireland sides before that didn't really have that it just you knew you weren't going to qualify it, you know there wasn't there just wasn't that like that spark and I think that um, what O'Neill managed to do was sort of get them all together and. Obviously, the, the the first game against Hungary in that campaign was massive in the you know they get the win and I think this one you can sort of say well we played Italy and it's away and it's the it's the hardest game and you know all the the, the results before under Baraclough you know it's you know he's a new manager in you know there's new tactics and there's new this new that you can you can sort of just tell yourself a story that this is it's it's it, you know that that was just the 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 honeymoon period and now this is the nitty gritty and this is us down to it we played Italy we got the hardest one out of the um, out of the Way, and we've got a really good second half to show for it. I think now this next game's massive for Baraclough in that you know it's the home game, it's 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 a winnable game, um, and and it's certainly a game that you have to win if you have any sort of aspirations. And I think if you if you lose it, and even if you draw it, just the campaign starts to already become a bit stale. 
I think yeah, I'd say it's done if we draw, even draw yeah. it, to be honest. You know, even so early, and I think that that'll be, you know, that'll, I think it'll just be a big defining factor as to whether, you know, what the mood, what, you know, because if you can't gain momentum from that second half, um, it, you know, that second half performance against Italy and you, ha- you can't take that into getting a home win against Bulgaria, then, you know, where does, where does that leave you? And I think I'd be, I'd be really worried. Do you think, guys, do you think that he, he gets less time given that everything you spoke about, Craig, which is spot on, is already in place. It was, you know, the the foundation is there and the theory behind bringing him in was was continuity, was to maintain rather than to build. I I think, Dave, he might, just no matter what, he might get the next Nations League in League C uh, with a chance to... Uh, supposedly an easier pathway towards Euro 2024. Um, you know, we've seen, like, like, for example, North Macedonia qualified from a final against Georgia because they were in League D and, and will be in League C. Now, League C isn't your Maltas and Faroe Islands, etc. There are some decent sides in there. I think Norway, Serbia, uh, Greece, etc. win there last time. But I do just think you'll get that um, because that will be the one where potentially you see Galbraith, McCallum, these players from the under-21s who's worked with, Shane Lavery as well, uh, if he's going to move back over to England. And, uh, you know, obviously if this campaign's a complete disaster, like say we're, we're languishing eight, nine points, struggling to beat, you know, Lithuania and Bulgaria, I don't think he'll be afforded a, um, a campaign like Michael had in 2014. I think it needs to be a bit better than that. But one of my maybe slight concerns is the fact that, you know, Baraklov, the interviews we did in this podcast and the, the people we were talking to and what we know about Barakoff is he is a pragmatist and, you know, compared to somebody like Stephen Kenny down at the Republic of Ireland, who's a little bit more dogmatic, a little bit more system-based, um, you know, you can understand a disaster campaign for somebody like him trying to put something into place, whereas with Barakoff, he's kind of always going to have to be that pragmatic manager for us. You can't be a fundamentalist when you're when you're managing Northern Ireland, so that's my concern with it slightly if it goes, if it goes completely pear-shaped and and Craig, I just want to talk there quick about the the kind of goal difference side of things as well, because two 0 We, I mean, me and Dave talked about in the in the preview podcast that it was, um, you know, two 0 one two 0 wouldn't be the worst result. But when you look at uh, when you look at Switzerland going to Bulgaria today, and you know, I sort of saw that as a game they may drop points. Bulgaria with a new manager and and at home first game of the qualifying campaign, and, and Switzerland just took them apart. They're such an efficient side playing uh you know with some top level european players playing in, in germany and, and other leagues and i look at it and for this bulgaria game like the next home game after this is in september for us in this group i think that's uh i think it's maybe i think it is actually switzerland at home in september after this and the way the uk vaccine rollout's going you'd think we there's a good chance touch wood fingers crossed that we'll have a full windsor park there so do you think because the home performances as dave alludes to haven't been great recently this game against bulgaria is just forget performance just by hook or by crook get over the line get three points and and set us up with something to be excited about for the september games 100 percent that because i think that's that's a that is a sort of a factor if i mean but you know if i'm barclough i'm going well you know we 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 play so much on the on the idea that the the crowd at windsor are the 12th man and that you know it's it's able to sort of lift the players and um you know it's it's you know we windsor's delivered us some brilliant nights obviously the team you know were part of that in the performance but it feels like a two-way thing when you're at windsor with the with the fans in there and 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 he hasn't you know he hasn't been afforded that luxury yet so i think 
I think by hook or by crook, you do get the three points against Bulgaria and give yourself a chance. And and like I said earlier, sort of, you know, you, then you've got a story to tell in the dressing room. Then you've got your first win on, under your belt. You know, you've got something for the team to build on off the back of a of a really good performance and um, tonight in the second half. And um, you know, yes, I I think I think with Baraklov, it's it's. I, I think he, I think he, I, I mean I know he gets time. He surely gets time because I think um, what you said there earlier about him, you know, the the fact that he knows these young players and he's bringing these young players through. I think that's a that's a uh, obviously a big reason why he's he's in the job anyway. And I think you know if you, if you did get rid of him and you didn't give him the time, well, I, I don't know who you go to next really that 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 is able to inspire us. And I think it's interesting what you said about him being a pragmatist and that like you know it feels like. It feels like you just almost take over the reins of of what O'Neill had done without having to to change, without it being this sort of big, you know, shape shift really. Um, and uh, and that'll worry me really if if we if we continue into the campaign leaking goals um, in the way that at times we have under Baraclough because that we all know that the 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 job Michael O'Neill did was was incredible and it's a it's such a difficult job to come into uh, immediately after what he's been able to deliver um as an Orlando manager but but also we also need to remember that you know things weren't always rosy for Michael O'Neill either and it took a campaign and it took it took a story and it took you know building momentum with the players and a bit of trust there and um you know a win against bulgaria would be would be the the first sort of stepping stone for that or at least set us up and give us a bit of a chance uh hopefully when we are we're able to return to windsor yeah i agree with your point there and the managers as well like i'd always rather go for a michael o'neill and ian barraclough some a manager who's not necessarily a young manager but a manager on their way up you know we took a massive risk appointing Michael O'Neill from the from the League of Ireland, and there was a risk he was just a good League of Ireland manager. Um, but you know, I'd rather something like that than a, a Tommy Wright, who we know is you know he's been around for a while. He's a decent manager; he can do a decent job. But realistically, it's it's, it's not much to get excited about, if you know what I mean. And uh, you mentioned you know Barclough is uh, if he can get this one against Bulgaria. He also has you know this friendly against the USA coming up. He's two friendlies in June. I think it's Turkey and Ukraine we play, which will be tough away games before they they they're using those as warm ups for the Euros. So you know there's plenty of time for him to tinker with this. And he's had the Nations League. He's had these couple of games. He's had obviously the playoffs where you know maybe it wasn't the time for him to well it certainly wasn't the time for him to experiment. But you know he's had a lot of games now, and I expect that I think that's why. That's why Wednesday night is just so important because if we can have, as I say, something to get excited about going into September, and then with friendlies, we've got these games all behind us. And uh, in terms of, in terms of, he should know exactly. Well, he should know have a far better idea of what his his best starting eleven is coming to those games. So as long as we're in with a chance. Um, last question to both of you. Um, it's been a brilliant podcast. This guy's really appreciate his coming on. But I want you to tell me first of all, Dave. Um, Tell me, would you make any changes to the Bulgaria team? Now, I know we've got a friendly in between, and some players can uh, can you know play their way into form and, and and can can make their way into the team for that game. Uh, and so, first of all, yeah, uh, Bulgaria team, any changes? And the USA game, is there anyone you're you're particularly excited to see come in? Maybe a young player, Dion Charles. Um, yeah, what do you think of those two questions? Um, if you ask me would I make any changes to the Bulgaria team, I'd ask them to play all of the reserves just and put their centre forward in goal. USA, you mean? <laughs> oh, 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 sorry, you mean would I 
Oh, did the actual Bulgaria team that's going to play us? I thought you mean right. Okay. Yeah, no, sorry, that's what you said. I was just messing about. Sorry. Um, would have made, <laughs> sorry. sorry. Right. Okay. Sorry. Probably would have worked better on an in-person podcast that day. Um, I right. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> would it make any sense to do the, to the side for Bulgaria? Um, probably. Probably. Savile for Evans. Is everybody going to hate me if I say that? No, I, I'm I'm on board with that. Right, that's good. Okay, that's fine. At David Dunning eighty one and at C <laughs> on the dash on oh, seven, no. everyone. <laughs> um, I I think I think Savile's been given a bit of a raw deal recently, to be honest. So, um, I I think there's I think there's a player in there, and eventually eventually it will come out. Um, so yeah, Savile for Evans. Um, I don't know. Would I maybe put McNair in midfield and play Ballard? Would I maybe do that? I'm not sure. I would do that. Yeah, I, I, I might do that. I'd like to see the two. This is just purely selfish, but I'd like to see the two, the two boys who started tonight up top have, have another go at it because, you know, my thoughts on on players who are playing together at club level. I just think there's there's an instant relationship there that you can't really manufacture at an international level, and I think that could be a real. You know, if those two keep playing together at club level, that could be a real benefit for us. So I'd just like to see that just for my own interest. So, yeah, um, Michael Smith does himself absolutely no harm tonight, whether Jamal Lewis is fit or not. Um, which, lo and behold... I forgot about Lewis, actually. Could, could I don't know, is, Lewis, is there a chance Lewis is fit? Yeah, I think so. I think they made a late decision on him tonight. So you'd assume he'd play if he's fit. So, um, so yeah. Could it be that Stuart Dallas actually plays in midfield for Northern Ireland? Wouldn't that be just a treat? <laughs> so I think it's there's options, which is nice. Um, yeah, just throw Dion Charge in for the last half hour for a bit of crack, just so we see what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And, and Craig, same question to you. Any changes for the, the team for Bulgaria before JFS <laughs> make media again? Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, anyone else you're looking you're looking forward to seeing for the for the US friendly and Sunday? <laughs> Thank God I don't know any Bulgaria players. Um, <laughs> no, um, do you know what I like? I, I'm quite interested to see a bit of uh, Jordan Thompson. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, because uh, you know I think he's it, by the by the sounds of things he's done all right with Stoke this season. He's had a a, a decent campaign and um and I quite like him. Um, you know I don't think he made a massive impact when he came on tonight, but. Um, you know, he's a player that any time I've watched him, I've been I've been interested and intrigued by him. Um, I mean, you use I, I, my first thought was Savile in midfield, but then you have sort of talked me around because I think at times tonight I was I was shouting, you know, get McNair further forward. You know, I wanted him even though he even though he he, he sticks that one over the bar, and you know, I, we've we've seen from him in the past of uh, of you know how big of a threat he can be sort of getting forward and and further up the pitch so you've you might have talked me into the ballard shout um and yeah jamal get jamal lewis in if we can get jamal lewis in um you always get jamal lewis in in my opinion um and and in terms of the players i'd like to see um well thompson if he doesn't if he doesn't get the the nod against um bulgaria then i'd like to see him in that game Gilbraith isn't in the in the squad is he no He's not. Um, so then maybe a bit of Dion Charles. And I mean, it's a strange one that he wasn't in the squad tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Do we know why that is? Is it just that he's, he's went for Lavery in front of him? or? Um... Yeah, I think I think because Washington's injured, Lavery's kind of a similar player to Washington in that he's nippy and can give you that pace in behind. So, you know, if you do have to take White off, 
you want to have that option. I think that showed when, when Lavery comes on for the last half hour, which is quite surprising. Aye, but why does he go for Lafferty in front of him as well? I find that Lafferty, surprising. Yeah, I think he always, I think he always will just do Lafferty off the bench because even when Lafferty hasn't been match fit or hasn't been firing, um, in the last sort of six to twelve months, he has done okay. You know, he comes on does well in Slow extra action. time in Bosnia. Nearly yeah, he can make a difference. I get years. that, but I think sooner or later we're going to have to to move on from that. Yeah, I think I think with twelve substitutes on the bench and, and five subs to bring on, you could probably throw in Charles in along with the other three as well. Like realistically, are you going to use Shane Ferguson tonight? Um, I don't know, but uh, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, any more thoughts on that, Craig? Or um, I I mean, I, fuck it, just stick Lafferty in for a for a laugh against the US and see if he can get a goal. <laughs> um, see Mad Kyle back uh, amongst the goals. That'd be nice, but um. Yeah, I think you know, as you said there, there's there's options, and I think these these next two games will sort of tell us how viable these options are in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of starting places. And I mean, he throws Ali McCann in there tonight, and you know, I'm, I'm interested to see a bit more of him. Uh, to be honest, maybe not in the Bulgaria game, but the US game is a perfect sort of platform for him to to build on that performance tonight. Um, and uh, uh, and and yeah, but look, there's. The the thing about this is the, the these next two games there's there's massive opportunities for some of these players. It feels like we've got loads of loads of fringe players or loads of lo, loads of players that we're we're either not sure about or or just haven't shown us yet or haven't had the opportunity to show us yet. And 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 these next two two games can be a you know can, you know it can be a big chance for these kind of players to to to, to kneel down the shirt. Yeah, definitely. There have been a lot of players who have played well in the Nations League and, and coming in for that second string side, which has actually been quite competitive against greater nations, um, who could probably who could probably do with getting the game as well. Personally, I would uh, I agree with, with, with what you guys have said. I would bring Ballard in, put McNair into midfield, I'd bring Lewis in as well, albeit Smith did play well. I think you always just go Dallas and Lewis in the wing back or the full back positions if you can do that. And uh and I'm trying to think. I'd maybe, yeah, I'd maybe do Boyce for McGuinness just because I think Boyce is, has actually played quite well when he's when he's been in. And McGuinness's impact off the bench has been fantastic as well. And uh, I think it, 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 it could have been a good game for Jordan Jones, honestly. And um, yeah, Dave, you mentioned Cathcart, so I mentioned Jones. That's one all. Um, so <laughs> I was waiting for someone to mention Jordan Jones. <laughs> to be fair, I did say I would have liked to see him tonight. I thought this would have been a good game for, him, but alas. He's done yeah, Craig, will work, Craig will work out what your agenda is very quickly on here. Don't worry, and we'll rip you for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm a similar Jordan Jones camp. You know. Ah, uh, yes, good I, lad. I, you're always I, welcome here. I mentioned it pre-pod. <laughs> like uh, I remember him. Uh, I remember him talking in a, an interview after. I think he gets his Sunderland move, or no, he gets his Rangers move. Sorry. Um, and he's talking about the mistakes that he made at Middlesbrough and how, like, you know, he he learned from them and all of this. And then, I mean, since then, he's made at least three mistakes that I can count of stupidity. Um, so, uh, I mean, yeah, I'd I'd much rather talk about the footballers that we've got that that I can depend on to to not be. Uh, not be a dickhead for a bit in uh, in Thompson and and so on. So um, yeah, I, did I did it? I don't I don't feel as if I slagged them off too much there, did I? No, I'm, you're lucky. Both of you are lucky. I'm too tired and, and cold to <laughs> defend Jordan Jones tonight. So I'm gonna wrap it up there. Listen, thanks so much for coming on there, guys. That was a great chat. Uh, we'll be back after the USA game. Uh, we'll be back after the Bulgaria game as well. So a couple more podcasts to come out this week. 
Um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Follow the Twitter at Spur the 2016 Pod and get involved with the debate over there. It's been absolutely booming recently, so I'm really pleased with that. Let's see if we can get to 600 followers uh, before the end of this international break. But thanks very much for tuning in tonight. Hope you enjoyed that reaction to uh, the 2-0 defeat to Italy. Uh, and I'll hopefully catch you again on Sunday evening. Bye-bye.